This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Animal Collective is out with their first album in six years. It's called Time Skips. I caught up with the band's Josh Dibb, a.k.a. Deacon, to talk about themes of climate change and isolation during COVID, and how this album was inspired by an art installation in New Orleans called Music Box Village. Which is this really amazing sound sculpture project where they collaborate with um, different artists to build structures that are in and of themselves musical instruments. So these are like, kind of think of them as like tiny houses or permanent multi-level porch installations, but they're all uniquely beautiful uh, and they each have unique sonic characteristics to them. So there's like one that would be like covered in handmade chimes and mirrors and the inside of it is like octagonal and there's old like harps that are hooked up to like pickups and run through speakers and delay pedals. And then there's another one that's, you know, as you walk up the stairs, each step is is uh, triggers like a MIDI trigger and that is hooked up to some sort of like synthesizer that makes sound or one that has like railing where there's guitar strings strung across the rails and those are on pickups and you can pluck those. There's like over a dozen, I think, of these houses and they established a permanent installation within a permanent outdoor space uh, sometime in 2017, I think. We had been talking for years about collaborating on something and they invited us to come do a show there. Before we went down there, we wrote about an hour's worth of brand new music. And some of which ends up on this record, right? A bunch of which, yeah, a bunch of which is like part of this whole era. Like, I, like so two songs from that ended up on this record or, or aspects of it. Um, Royal and Desire was first performed down there and the second half of Prester John was first performed down there. I saw a photo of this music box village. And again, I mean, you described it so well, but again, it's just kind of this space with all of these structures and, you know, they could be have pots and pans on them or whatever. But when you perform those songs, were you actually performing on the structures themselves? And then if so, how do you translate that to this album? We really tried to kind of make it so that we could integrate them. And we, I think we did a pretty good job. I think most songs had some element, you know, sometimes it was more just kind of like a, adding to the texture of something and sometimes it was as full-on as you know there's one that's like a uh it's a phone booth where you sing into the phone and there's like a a rotating like speaker array on top of it that like spins and so it gives this kind of like leslie speaker sort of sound and it's very like because it's you're talking through a like a telephone thing so the kind of sound anyway so like there was one song where dave sang through that completely that was like his whole vocal performance was through that You know, there's sort of this just like constant turning over of, of ideas and, and ways of expressing. And so I think we just sort of really wanted to soak that in and left a lot of space to do that and came away really inspired by sort of, I guess sort of this is oversimplifying it a bit, but sort of like the spirit of jazz, maybe I think kind of really came through. And I think our interest in like getting away from looped samples or sequenced kind of backing sort of tracks. I think we kind of really wanted to make music um, that felt really 
rhythmically open. Yeah, and I think just like the, the kind of the sonic palette of acoustic sounding things um, in general. There's a lot of like metallic banging kind of stuff um, that you can do at the Music Box Village. And we ended up kind of, once we started writing stuff, kind of leaning pretty hard into uh, kind of chromatic percussion sort of sounds. Um, we didn't have a lot of those instruments, so a lot of that ended up being using using synthesizers to create them, but kind of, you know, starting from a place of like, you know, you know, this is this is a gamelan, or this is a this is a vibraphone, or you know, um, this is a celeste, you know, and 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 because those sounds, yeah, just kind of going off those sounds. And I think a lot of that kind of there's a clanginess to the music box village that I think probably like got into our into our DNA a bit. I could hear some of that on this record. And, you know, speaking of incorporating some interesting instruments, you know, whether that be on your synthesizer, I know that one of your bandmates was playing, you know, a hurdy-gurdy, which is a string instruments from the medieval times, and the uh, Tasha Goto, which is a Japanese string musical instrument. How did those end up on this record? And like, why those instruments in particular? Yeah, the hurdy-gurdy is pretty amazing. I mean, it's I'm I'm can still shocked by it too because it's one of those instruments that I think I saw for the first time sometime in the mid aughts. We were on tour in France and like I think it was in Paris and somebody like brought us to some like old timey music shop that was just like you felt like you were walking into you know the 17th century or something. It was pretty crazy. Um, and every and most of the instruments that were in there were like all these like really old like drums and like hurdy-gurdies lying in the wall and it just seemed like such a it's like between that which just seemed like this um yeah just ancient and sort of inaccessible like not our world sort of thing and like an awareness of the instrument through you know the donovan song that's kind of been like the limit of it then when the hurdy-gurdy man came singing song But I think that for a, a number of things sort of converged. Dave had been talking a lot leading up to us writing this record about kind of an increased interest in early music, um, which is something that I, I had been listening to as well um, for many years. Like I remember getting a few records from my father's record collection that were like early early chamber music kind of stuff. And so I think that sensibility I think was in his brain a bit in terms of writing and probably comes through in some of the melodies. And now it's like, yeah, we got to do a tour this past September. Well, just like a handful of shows, and he he brought it with us live. And and we're actually we've already recorded a bunch of new stuff, which may very well just be our our like a full next record after time skips. And it's kind of all over that. He's used it quite a bit actually. You know, you think about an instrument from medieval times and when I was looking, you know, at the songs, you know, one of your singles is uh, Prester John, which I understand is the name of a Christian legend who ruled the East. Tell me about the story behind that song. Funnily enough, I can't really speak exactly to like what Dave is, has thought about in terms of evoking Prester John. I've, I've kind of tried to ask him a few times and his, his answers are always a little on the squirrely side. Um, but uh, in general, so he wrote that song and we played it at the Music Box Village and it was actually a two-part song then, but the, for whatever reason, the first part of that song, he chose to kind of 
let drift away, even though I kind of actually really love it and kind of hope it comes back at some point. But he really liked the Prester John part of it and we had already performed it there. And then Noah had this um, song that he brought to our 2019 sessions that he felt he really liked and we all really liked, but it kind of felt like it wasn't complete and it needed something else. And then Dave kind of had the idea just based on listening to like the key of it. He was like, well, actually, I think these two, if I just, you know, I think it was like Pressure John had to come like come down a half step or something or, or maybe a full step. And then it was like, oh, these actually work like one into the next. So I think unrelated to any sort of like theme in the, in the music itself, just music uh, kind of reason for them coming together. But I think that once they did come together, I think there's a, a, a way that it feels emotionally very connected. I mean, the first half of that song, just because I know is a little bit more open about his lyrics and, and there it's it's a it's a kind of a um, climate anxiety song or a climate sort of distress. I think he wrote it sort of after reading the first climate report that was, you know, pretty horrifying to read and just sort of feeling that kind of pity your stomach dropping out. And I, I think our I don't know. We, we we've talked about this a lot, and I, I talk about it a lot. Like I think my my generation, I feel like we grew up um, sort of aware of all of these things, and I grew up in a, a fairly left family, and I had a lot of awareness of like the rainforest being cut down and need for recycling, and I kind of knew all that stuff was there. And I, I I would we would go to environmental marches and stuff in the '80s, but I think that I had this pretty clear sense that you know you'd go to an aquarium and there'd be like tons of material on the walls that's talking about how like the rainforests are being cut down and it seemed very much like oh we're making people aware obviously this is for the purpose of like fixing this problem and as a kid i just kind of i guess i had faith that like we would figure it out nobody knew what this stuff was in the in the 40s 50s and 60s and started to figure out in the 70s but we're we're, we're gonna get there you know and i think kind of coming into this reality in the last decade seeing that climate report and just really feeling like um we're just we're not doing it uh it's pretty gutting and so i think that that song is in some ways noah's like grappling with that sort of feeling sort of what to do with that as a parent and as a just as a person living in the world um which is i think something we all think about pretty frequently And in whatever way that I can't really totally explain, the energy of the Prester John part kind of fits in with that. I think the kind of um, the dissolution of this kind of old way of being that's evoked in the way that Dave sings about it, I think kind of just, yeah, I don't know, it's, it sort of brings it all together. Well, I mean, speaking of environmental issues, there was a few lines that stuck out to me in the song Cherokee, one of which was, there's plastic like a barge somewhere. There's plastic like a barge somewhere. It's got no duck in And then it goes on to just talk about humanity's relationship with people, whether that be now or in the future, especially with the introduction of technology. And there's a line that says, you know, there will be lots of lonely mailboxes when language disappears and people on the subway sit so far to be so near. I smile from a screen you touch.
And I know you didn't write the lyrics of this song, but I, I mean, these are big subjects that you, that you all are tackling. I'm curious what that song means to you. Uh, I mean, I, I, I actually almost started crying when she said the lyrics, uh, which is fun. Um, I think, you know, we, we've been, I think everybody is, it's not just the four of us, but we, we definitely talk amongst ourselves about, um, uh, the one that hit me is like the, I, 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 smile from a screen <laughs> screen you touch uh excuse me it's just um there's so much separation that we experience all the time and i feel like these d- these devices i'm talking to you on one right now these phones they they sort of have created this really crazy world where in some ways i feel more connected to more people than i've ever felt in my life and i also in some ways feel more disconnected from more people than i've ever felt in my life and the it is really remarkable these days. I have a handful of friends that every once in a while will send a letter. And it's, you know, and I feel like that's actually picked up in the last couple of years. And I think it's because people are just like realizing how much we've lost by being around each other. And I think the pandemic has really brought that home. I mean, I think in so many ways, we've really gotten to experience what it really feels like to lose all this stuff. I think it was kind of easier to just be caught up in the hypnosis of it prior to that because it's just it's part of our lives every day and everything just keeps happening and you're talking to people and you're texting and you're sending photos and it all just sort of feels like life but with this kind of haunted sense in the back of your mind that like something is missing and that you're not actually connecting with people the way that you should be and getting the things that are really important out of those interactions. That was my conversation with Josh Dibb aka Deacon of Animal Collective. Animal Collective is already recording their next album for material they're working on for this latest release. But the new batch of songs were ones that the band felt needed to be completed and recorded together in person. The band had to finish up this latest album remotely because of the pandemic. Their latest release is called Time Skips. And that was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Sound and Vision podcast. We haven't had a review in Apple Podcasts in a while. I'd love for you to give the next review. Rating, subscribing to, and reviewing podcasts helps this show be recognized in a very, very saturated podcast world we live in. So doing those little things just takes a few minutes of your time really goes a long way. And you can also help financially support this show. By the way, KEXP is a publicly funded station where the majority of our funding to make what we do possible, including this podcast, comes from listeners. So if you want to help financially support this show, you can do so by giving a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org sound. Thanks for listening.